a distant rumble resonates, signaling the arrival of a mighty tidal wave that's emerging on the horizon. Roaring like a tiger and charging like a warhorse, here comes the world's largest tidal bore, a colossal wall of water rushing toward the riverbanks, reaching astonishing heights of up to 30 feet as tall as a three-story residential building. These are the many shapes of the Chentang River Tidal Bore, and the place where the clash of water and stone takes place is Yangguan Town in the city of Hainin in southern China's Zhejiang province. Just as everyone's trying to feast their eyes on the spectacular tidal bore, you might notice a senior photographer, his skin tanned to a warm brown due to years of exposure to the sun, aiming his lens not on the tide, but on the observers. And that would be Zhu Feng. Seek out the bald head in the crowd, he often tells others, and that's how you can find me. I am a photography enthusiast from Hainin, Zhejiang province. My main theme of photography is my hometown, which is famous for the Chentang River tidal bore. I've been in the photography line of work ever since the 1980s. Best known for his award-winning pictures of the Chentang River, Zhu Feng has built quite an impressive photograph collection in the past 18 years. He named the collection Nashi Chentang, or the Chentang River back then. With his cameras, Zhu Feng not only captures the tides and the spectacular natural scenery, but also its spectators and the local Hainin people who carry out their daily lives along the Chentang River. He says that for more than 100 days every year, he would drive about an hour from his home to the riverbank in Yangguan town, just to take photographs. To him, taking pictures of the river and those living around it is like an in-depth communication with a close friend, once every three or four days. That's correct. The Chantown River is just like a soulmate to me. Surely I can't keep it to myself, but I can feel its wonders simply by observing the changes of the tides. Every month, the river presents us with two tidal balls, and speaking of which, I've noticed that there has been a misunderstanding among some people that the tidal bore only comes once a year. <laughs> I'm afraid we have Mr. Sudumpur to blame on that. In one of his sightseeing poems, the renowned Song Dynasty poet Su Dongpuo once wrote, the tidal bore on the 18th day of the 8th lunar month is unparalleled in its grandeur in the world. What an imposing and charming description of the scene. Every year his poem inspires lots of people to come watch the tidal bore, many assuming that the 18th of August, according to the lunar calendar, is the only day of the year when the tides are what they call grandeur. But the fact is there are big and small bores passing every month. Here in Hainin, there are about 120 days per year when you could see the Chentang tidal bore. However, as the mid-autumn festival approaches, the tides get stronger and rougher, with an expanded tidal range induced by the gravitational attraction of the moon, planets and stars, 
which pushes the tides higher against the stream before it hits the sea. Traditionally, the mid-autumn festival is a time for eating mooncakes, light lanterns and family gatherings. But here in Haining, it is also prime time for the Chentang River Tidal Bore to usher in the best time of the year for sightseeing and therefore draw the greatest number of spectators and tourists. Chu Feng recalls that, back in the day, if he was to watch the Tidal Bore the next morning, he wouldn't be able to sleep that night due to excitement. He would gather a few photographer friends to locate a best shooting spot in advance. But when they arrived before dawn, it would have been already packed with people. When I first started taking pictures of the Taito Bo, there were very few tourists. But in recent years, there's no way our cars can get close to the scenic area is all filled with people. Later, I would tell other photographers that they could arrive at any time of the year to take photos of the Taito Bo any time but the lunar month August 18th, because on that day it wouldn't be the river tide they're capturing, but rather the people tide. Imagine hundreds and thousands of people from all around the world standing by the riverbank, diligently anticipating and documenting this spectacle. Some, like Zhu Feng, are well prepared for photo shooting, carrying the SLR cameras and tripods. Many others would simply crane forward, anticipating while raising their hands up high in an attempt to capture the tidal bore with their phones. Nowadays, people's living standards are much higher. It's common for us to take high-quality photos of the tidal bore simply with our phone. And when hundreds of thousands of people raise their phones together on the riverbank to take photos, they become a rather spectacular scene themselves. At that moment, the various expressions on people's faces reflect their mood when seeing the tide. Some are shocked, some looking afraid as the tidal wall comes close along with the rumbling sound. And we as locals and photographers find it very interesting to observe and capture people's reactions. Zhu Feng says that in recent years, spectators and tourists are only allowed to stand on the viewing deck built above the riverbank and see the tidal bore from afar. But years back, as he recalls, it was a rather exciting and adventurous experience for them to be washed up by the tide as it got close. The tide would pour down on people like a power shower. I've got a friend who came to take pictures of the tidal bore years ago, and at the end of that day he told me he wasn't able to capture anything because he was drenched from head to toe with seaweed tangled up in his hair and on his ears. We had quite a laugh those days. <laughs> Having based himself in Haining for basically his entire life, Chu Feng is no stranger to taking such a tidal shower. When he was a child and the tide was not fierce, as he recalls, he and the other kids would calculate the time and run back towards the shoreline to escape the mild waves just for fun. Nowadays, after 18 years of picture taking around the Chentang River, Chu Feng is now an expert on the tidal bore who is able to tell how big a tide can get as well as if it's risky to come close or it's best to observe from afar. Though Zhu Feng and his friend exchanged similar experiences in a light-hearted way, he does admit that the tidal bore is not completely harmless, 
and it's had a history of breaching the barriers and sweeping away dozens of spectators in the past. At the age of 66 now, therefore, he doesn't chase the boar as often as he would back in the day and tends to spend more time studying new equipment and devices, like drones, to keep up with the tide from a new and safer angle. Back in the 1970s, Zhu Feng, still a young man in his early 20s at that time, lived a frugal life to buy his first camera. Carrying a camera was a luxury back in those days and was not as commonly seen as it is today. But Zhu Feng, who's cultivated an innate love for art, calligraphy and traditional Chinese paintings ever since childhood, soon became fascinated by the artistic texture of a film picture and would spend days staying in the darkroom processing the film and waiting for them to be developed. Later, his passion for photography underwent a digital elevation as time went by. Around the turn of the century, when computer software like Photoshop was first introduced to the Chinese market, Zhu Feng followed closely with the trend and was among the first group of people who self-studied the technology. He says that was when his role as a photographer and visual designer crossed paths with the Chentang River. In 2005, I began to combine my interests in photography with my skills of using Photoshop. I ran my own advertising graphic design studio back then and was able to modify my pictures taken off the Chentang River via the software. And just when Zhu Feng was seeking ways to promote and share his work with more people, the opportunity was given to him. Every year, the International Chentang River Tidal Bore Festival is held in Hainin, and a publicity photo of the Tidal Bore would be open for submission. After several rounds of elections, my work was eventually selected to represent the Tidal Bore that year. And for many years after, I continued to submit my photographs and would constantly receive good feedback. It started off as a simple task, but now it has gradually become a vital part of my work and life. Over the years, Zhu Feng continued to discover new facets of the Chentang River and add them to his collection. To him, the river and its tides have their own characteristics. There's literally no end to capturing the many sides of the tidal bore because it's always changing every single day. Many people would ask what else is there about it for me to look forward to. Even my own family members wonder if I'll ever get bored of photographing the bores. My answer remains the same. No, it's always a refreshing experience for me to observe the tide. Normally, it's calm and amiable. Then there are times when it dances as if pulsating with happiness. Then, all of a sudden, it would get angry and crash onto the shore like an army. You see, the tidal boar has his own temper and mood, just like human. In the meantime, Zhu Feng shares that the people here have also managed to rely on the tidal boar and have adapted their lives to live with it in harmony. Some were even adventurous enough to derive entertainment from the tide, something that's happened ever since ancient times. 
In the Song Dynasty between the 12th and the 13th century, local young men in Hainin were famed for surfing on the tidal bore while holding up flags during the annual surge. They were given the name Wave Riders or Nung Chuar. These young people were familiar with the ways of the water and they know very well how to survive in the tide. Around the year 2005, I once caught a similar scene at the junction between Hainin and Hangzhou where young fishermen got down to the riverbed and caught the tidal fish. With only a pair of trousers tied onto their hips, they would run with the tide as it came close in order to catch the fish thrown ashore by the river. It was as if they were living in an ancient way. Years pass as generations of Hainin locals remain on the middle lower Yangtze plain and peacefully manage their lives around the Chentang River. Though fewer of them would attempt to surf the tides these days out of concern for safety, the spirit of tide playing still features in the descriptions of progressive young people who represent a sense of courage, bravery and innovation. Then, as crowds of people retreat, bringing away with them the heat of the day, the river tide in the evening becomes not so much an indulgence of the eyes, but rather for the ears. Many of the locals come, therefore, to the riverside for a pleasant walk, especially in the evenings, and oftentimes they will leave for the Chentang River after sunset, find a quiet place, then just sit and listen to the tides rolling back and forth like a symphony of the night. Among them, Zhu Feng, now a retired freelance photographer, remains passionate about sharing the diverse history and cultures of the Chentang River with whomsoever is willing to listen. I have been in Hainin since I was young. This is my hometown, and I would like to document a piece of memory about this place that could be passed on to others. It seems to me that people are like stardust and will all leave this world someday, but before we go, I think it would be better if we can contribute even just a little bit to the very place we belong to and invite others to enjoy the scenery together with you. Wouldn't that be great? With that, we conclude this episode of Footprints. I'm Bob Jones. Thanks for listening. If you're interested in hearing more about the lives of ordinary but incredible people in China, follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Just key in Footprints and you can find more stories anytime, anywhere. We'll see you next time.